Initiating startup sequence. Five, five, You are now plugged in. Hey guys, and thank you for tuning in to episode 207 of the Plug and Play podcast. What is PAX? What is PAX? We'll, we'll tell you. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't remember any of it, Tim. It's like, it's like a drunken, it's like a drunken, uh, I don't know. See, he's like a made, he's, no, he's like a made up thing in my imagination, in my head. This week is brought to you by Zach, which is me, and Tim, which is you. Welcome, minions. I just want to say that. You're making it hard for me. Oh, sorry. I, it's been we a while. We are alive. That's the good news is we somehow survived the thing that is PAX. And to answer your question, what is PAX? PAX is the annual thing that we subject ourselves to in the name of science and video games and fun and entertainment and, and the process of killing our livers. And more apparently, or more importantly, ramen. Yes, the quest for ramen. So PAX is the Penny Arcade Expo, which oddly enough was based on a webcomic. Which, and I think it was mainly when they actually started it, I heard some people talking, it was only like board games and card games. It was, had no video games. It just grew and grew until it literally took over downtown Seattle in its current form, over like 40,000 people yeah. attending. Um, and there's three events, four events worldwide. Yeah, there's more than that. There's past, PAX East, there's PAX Australia, there's PAX, there's whatever, PAX whatever the Texas one is. PAX West, PAX East, PAX South, PAX Australia. That's four of them. Can't think of another one. Oh, they like PAX Game Dev, which is like for developers only. So it's a game conference, um, and that game includes tabletop. It includes video games, obviously, but also LAN parties and card games. Anything that can remotely be considered a game. I've seen, you know, virtual reality, ARG, um, just everything games. It's just this confluence of gamers. For one shiny moment, we forget our lives and just geek it out. It is fun. It is fun. It's also exhausting. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm tired. So uh, I hope that's a rudimentary explanation of PAX. You can all understand because we will refer to it as if you know what we're talking about. Exactly. Um, it's in downtown Seattle, like we said, the convention center and also like four surrounding hotels. Literally like 40,000 nerds dressed up in cosplay and or just normal normal gaming Nerd clothes. clothes. Um, take over downtown Seattle, bust the consternation of the locals. And uh, yeah. And then we leave after five days. Sort of. Four days. What are we drinking? Because I need to take a sip. All right. So today's Tasty Treat is brought to you by... Um, Pax Pox. Yes. Pax Pox is a, a thing. Like all, all these people that I just mentioned crammed together in a small space, sharing whatever germs they have. Inevitably, it leads to um, a lot of people getting sick afterwards. There was a... Was it swine flu epidemic one year or something? Uh, so, yeah. Something fairly major sprung up about four years ago. Anyway, to combat that... I've made all of our cocktails today based on emergency. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So We're getting a lot of our vitamin C in. Yes. So the mint fuel up, which you're about to enjoy, has uh, lemon lime emergency, bourbon, mint leaves, and, of course, water and ice. So Sweet. Cheers. It's um, kind of a spin on the mojito. Yeah. It's good. Uh, um. It's, it's better than I thought it would be, honestly. Yeah, you, yeah, you never tried this well, one before, huh? Well, no. Nice. Not, I wouldn't do that. Why would I try it first? I, I got to try it with you at the same time. Um, so f- for our break, to go forward a little bit, I have two cho- a choice for you. Okay. The cold-fashioned or the snot toddy. I'm leaning toward the snot toddy just because it's more complicated and weird. Okay, fine. We'll go with that one. All right, but we could go to the cold-fashioned, which is like an old-fashioned that we... 
both like it, but it'll probably taste <clears throat> nothing like an old-fashioned. Yeah, let's not ruin that. Okay. All right, so uh, this week's going to be a little bit different, guys. We're going to run down and actually tell you our experience at PAX. Instead well, of talking... we're, we're going to tell you parts of it, because literally if we were here telling you about all the things we did... All right, we're going to be here another four days, ladies and gentlemen. We're not going to do that to you. We're going to get some highlights, is what we're going to do. So, should we just start yeah sure all right uh let's start with the parties like um during the day you go and see games and you cram yourself into the convention floor and get you know tired of people elbowing in the ribs afterwards you split off you go separate ways and there's there's after parties um hosted by typically game companies but also sometimes hardware manufacturers and the first one i thought we'd mention is uh, tiny builds because wow they threw a party they okay so we've always like ran and raved about tiny build parties before um, the very first year we went was, uh, party hard party. Um, and we were like, Oh, what the hell is who, who's tiny build and what's party hard. And I was like, Oh wait, they made speedrunners." And that was back when like we were doing like speedrunner family game nights every week and we were having a lot of fun. It was a great party. And then the next one was the, uh, I can't remember. It was the game that you played. It was like the train shooting one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, final station. Yep. Final station. So they did a final station party and then last year they didn't have one. And then this year, they came out fucking swinging. They really did. <laughs> it was called the Triple Door. They had a salmon dinner for Tim and I. Unlimited drinks. I, I cut myself off after Yeah, Tim had whiskeys. so many that we he cut himself off. Yeah, I'm like, if I have any more of this, things are going to get bad. I mean, it could have gone great. I mean, I was the guy that yelled to the stage that we got you when he said he was complaining that last So, left, yeah. I guess we should explain that too. Not only did they just have like a dinner and a cocktail multiple hours for us, they also did a conference while we were there for media, um, showcasing all the new games, past games, what is Tiny Build, and uh, they gave away some shit. They did a Tiny Build bingo. Bullshit bingo. Bullshit bingo. And uh, they gave away, I think it was a laptop and a Nintendo Switch. Is that right? Just a laptop. Okay, just a laptop. Somebody else got something too, I thought. But there was a, a yeah like a, a runner up prize, prize, but it wasn't. It was like a headset or something. Oh, okay, cool. Anyway, so yeah, they give away a laptop, really nice laptop. I think it was Alienware laptop. So um, that was a great party. But it let's was keep, an amazing. Party. Let's keep it rolling. Let's move on to the Acer Predator party. Okay, well, now you just got done talking up the tiny build party, but now, now I got to backtrack a little bit. Was that? Because the Acer party probably was one of my top favorites. Really? Like, like right tied up there with tiny build. So Ti- why is that? Explain. The flashing lights, the DJ, they had a good the DJ. VIP, um, they, a lot of cool free swag, um, a lot of video games. Not really a lot of video games. I'm going to take issue with you there. Well, okay. A lot of video games I like. They had some awesome tech showcasing a few. Sniper Elite 4. Is that a new game? Yeah, it's like out this year. Okay. Because yeah, they were also showing Rocket League. They were showing off their hardware, which is fine. But there wasn't like new games for me to play. So I was a little... We should let- say it was the Acer Predator Party is mm-hmm. sponsored by Intel. So our glasses had Intel blue LEDs in them. And they that were flashing. Up, flashing our lanyards, which I noticed was only the VIPs had those lanyards. That- so there's really no reason for our fucking wrist strap. Because we're the only ones that had the lighting up LED lanyards. Yeah, we had a VIP bar where we could... Yeah, like VIP table. Like they treated us like kings, and it was awesome. Not saying the tiny build didn't, but I I really like loud club music, and it just gave me the club vibe. And I was like, I, I like this. Of all the parties we went to, that was probably the best club vibe. Yeah. Um, so in the same space, was it the very following night? Yeah. This was more my favorite because they had games. The mix had games. Like I don't know, thirty games maybe. 
Uh, there was a ton of games all over and a really good selection curation of indie titles. Such a good selection that I actually skipped on going to another indie presentation because I was sure that I was not going to be a, see a better selection of indie games so all in one place. So the funny thing about the mix party was is that like I'm not a big indie game person, mm-hmm. but I kept myself entertained up until like, the last half half hour. Yeah, there was stuff to try. A lot of stuff. What was, was also- the name of that like mask one that we got the mask pin? I re- I like I legitimately want to play that game. Um, the world next door. The w- the one with the mask with like the Tetris style like matching cubes and like yep. shooting fireballs was yep. called the world next yep. door. Okay, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. All right. Um, but they had a ton of games to try. Um, they they legitimately like the whole entire club was filled up. Um, they used the space really well. You could you could get around. Unlike in the floor on packs, I went to the indie mega booth and I I played a couple games. But it's packed. It's crowded. It's super tight. Um, it's stressful. This was chill. You could have a drink. You could have a beer. The one you thing could, I will say about the that longest party, line I ever saw was like two people ahead of you, right? The one thing, yeah. The one thing I will say is there was no free drinks. Sure, there was one actually. Oh yeah, you got one free drink. Sorry. <laughs> let's let's be fair. There was one. There was one free drink. Um, right. so but for an indie showcase, it was amazing. And this honestly, was the best indie showcase. If I'd I've had ever as many to. drinks as Tiny Build, I wouldn't really appreciate any games, honestly. That's very true. <laughs> so anyway, there was I, also like a weird like. Oh, never mind. We'll get to it a little bit, I guess. I, actually, I didn't write it down, so I'm going to mention it right now. There was like an indie uh, like Mario Kart bug racing game. Yeah, what was the name of that? We'll have to look I, it up. I can't remember. It's not on our list anywhere. That was kind of fun. It was a lot of fun. I liked it. There Except was the at least, was there was at the least five or six games that we had fun playing on some level. We aren't going to mention them. And there. playing together. Yes, which we'll get to some of them later, but not all of them, because there was literally too many games to talk about in one podcast. Um, the last party we want to mention is a Polish devs party. Always an awesome party. Oh These my guys God. have no hospitality. Oh my they throw God. down the food, really good food. They throw down the booze, all you can drink. Um, some guys up front had had too much, obviously. Holy shit, those guys are fucking wasted. Yeah. Um, like, literally, like, Grand Theft Auto Five red screen wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always a nice way to wrap up packs. Oh, dude, the fucking Polish sausages, I felt like a fat ass. I grabbed, like, seven of them to start with. I was like, these are all mine. Yeah, I, I had one plate, and I was full. It was just... And it was awesome. Like their their spread was just meat. Like it was. <laughs> there's no the veggies. Polish know how to throw fucking down. Yeah, there was it was cheese. There was cheese puffs. Okay, fair. I mean, that's not really a veggie, but yeah. So next up, I have listed our adventures. Okay. And again, we're we're just hitting some highlights. Not everything. And by the way, these are not in order of no, the not nights. At all. No, these are just like what popped in our head. So, what was your favorite adventure? Well, I didn't do the last one, so that one can't be. Um, I probably had the most fun with uh, Mega Games Mini Golf. That's a party we haven't mentioned, um, but there was a party at uh, is it Top Spin Golf or whatever. I can't remember the name of the place. No, pl- it oh, was... Uh, flat... Uh, what's the name of it? It was called the- Flat Stick Pub. Yeah, Flat Stick Pub. Um, it was thrown by... Um, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Sky... Skybound. Skybound Games. Sky- yeah, Skybound Games, Skybound and- Interactive. And they like hooked us up with uh, free mini golf and a nice swag bag. Which, by the way, we're making it sound like oh, they hooked up with like mini golf. Like, no, they legitimately hooked us up with mini golf. When you go to a classic pub, you have to pay to go play mini golf. Yeah. So like, they literally paid for everybody to go play unlimited mini golf. Mm-hmm. They gave us a shitload of free swag. There was swag all over the place, and I got a sweater again. <laughs> you did. They didn't have my size. It's all good. Sorry. So. To kind of like publicize the event, they were asking people to post pictures with the hashtag Mega Games Mini Golf, and we had some fun with that. Oh, we had! I'm still having fun with it. 
So <laughs> we, I'm gonna start bringing in the work and just using it. I think like we pretty media. much dominated the hashtag with our four social media accounts. Yeah. So if you go um, search on Twitter and somewhat on Instagram, not as much, Mega Games Mini Golf, you will see us posing our little robot figurines on everything from drinks to the back of a pig sculpture's ass to the um, middle of a random ass. A bar w- between some roses. Yeah, I'm sure somebody on a gnome's nose. Somebody at Skybound's games in like their co- big corporate office, like way away from here, is like, "What the hell's going on over there?" <laughs> Wait, these guys got way too drunk at our party. So that that was probably my favorite as far as it fun. was a lot of fun. I really had fun. So my second, well, the only one, other one I was involved in that we're talking about is the finding absinthe. Well, that came right after Mega Games. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's technically like we just yeah. kept the party going and we kept it's taking photos and shit. It's kind of a different shit. topic, though. I mean, the This night... was definitely a. This, this out of everything, mm-hmm. was an adventure. It was. This was legitimately. So, an we adventure. have a place we go to for absinthe, but they, when we got there, where they're closing down. They were sort of open. They weren't serving They're anymore. like, hey, douchebags, you're too late. Go. Yeah, pretty much. Get the, get the fuck out. So, I'm like, crap. I don't want just any drink. I want absinthe. So did I. It's so, a it's a Pax ritual. We have to have. So absinthe. I called up called up my old friend Google. Said, "Hey, I want some absinthe." And it gave me the most incomprehensible directions I have ever seen. But I'm not going to blame Google on this one because it was we, literally the weirdest fucking. We place. are in a weird area. If if you visited Pike Pike Place Market, you know that it's on multiple levels. Um, literally multiple levels the, the, underground, above ground. There's not, and in some parts, it's not really streets. There's sky bridges. There's um. Ladders go up and down. It, it's a very. Con- There's legitimately ladders. Like you're not like hands and like feet crawling, but you're like literally walking up like the steepest steps ever. So for Google to navigate us to that, There's nowhere. There no. was, and not only this, it was like an in between level. In between levels, tucked away, but we found it. Damn it, we did. We found the zigzag cafe. We did, and we had a good absinthe drink. And we had another drink too. I can't remember what the hell it was. Just old fashioned. Oh, was that old fashioned? Okay. Yep. Um, but that that was fun just getting there. So the weird thing about this, I've never had an absinthe like that. They literally made they didn't all have the, they didn't have the pitcher with the little spigots. Well, yeah, but they made all the ingredients, and he didn't even like do anything. He's just like, here you go. You know how to do this? I was like, nope. He's like, just pour it over the uh, over the uh, sugar. Cube. Pour own water like, over oh, the sugar. God cube. damn it. Yeah, that part sucked. Yeah, and I was like smashing my like sugar cube because I didn't get it all because I didn't pour slow enough. I was like, fuck. It's hard to pour slowly from a glass. Um, but yeah, getting there was the adventure. And we actually helped some other people find it, too. or just did. as lost as we were. Yep. I don't um, know why they followed us. They obviously don't know who the hell we are because they would never follow me with my sense of direction if they knew who the hell the hell was. That's for sure. They were like, hey, is uh, ZigZag up there? I was like, nope. But that's what we were trying to find. So we ended up like meeting No, up. we took them straight there. Yeah, we took them straight there. Legitimately straight there. We had no idea. We, we got, had no idea. We, 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 we could have been going down in a dark alley. And they were from like weird. New York or New Jersey or something. They were from Staten Island. Yeah. and I mean, I talked to them. So, yeah. Right. So that was my number two. The number Mr. three is all Personal. you. So. Well, so number three is the Hotel Theodore, which sounds like a very up-class hotel in the middle of nowhere, Seattle. But the directions kept getting weirder and well, weirder. You haven't told people why you were going in the first well, place. Well, that's going to come up later, which oh. I mentioned now. Okay, I was going to see a new game. You didn't even say what game, just you were going to see a game. Okay, I was going to see a game. And um, the directions kept getting weirder and weirder as I was getting like, text messages and email updates about like the elevator shaft's broken. Text me, I'll come down and get you out of the staircase. Uh, okay, so the front door will let you in and let you in the escalator or the elevator. Just let them know you're coming to see me. So I'm like convinced at this point that Zach's going to get murdered. 
I'm like, you better, I'm actually, just call me, and I will come and meet you down in the lobby. Now I'm like, Zach, you need to text me every 30 seconds and send pictures where you are. So I did send you pictures of where you I did. was at. And it was actually a really nice hotel. It was, it was a prob- very nice hotel. It was hotel. probably like a three and a half star or something. Oh, I I maybe looked. even more when you got inside the rooms. Like I, that Those rooms were like on point with the Razor meeting. Okay. And uh, it was really nice. It was really weird. Um, but I will say, they uh, out of all my appointments, mm-hmm. they're the most hospitable. They literally had like a full bar of like fruits and veggies and like muffins, and they had double shot espresso waiting for and me. I and I just told them not, not, to, not to drink anything at this appointment because I thought it was sketchy. Yeah, like they had and like what does that do? Ignore my advice. No, I I only I took a unopened can of Coca Cola. There was a can. You know, and drank you, that. you know you can put anything in a can with a syringe, right? I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Forget I said that. I mean, I'm fine now. I'm still back home, so maybe I have AIDS or something, but who knows? I don't think you can get AIDS from a soda. That's not how it works. Oh, well, now I'm good then. Okay, Maybe, cool. maybe I had Coke. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, no, so that was a very weird experience. And the funny thing about it was, is that like, through all these years going to PAX and stuff like that, I've walked past this hotel hundreds of times well it's very vertical like there's not much there is a very thin slender hotel Mm -hmm. in the city of seattle um and i never noticed it and i literally i saw the sign it was like it was like one of those like old like western like on the corner signs that like sticks out above the road it was like hotel theodore and i was like sweet so i started walking towards it and i could never find an entrance for it so like i texted him i was like where's the entrance to the hotel and uh, he was waiting down in the lobby for me. He like peeked his head out, and he was like, "Over here." And there was like just some random ass blue door that like was gla- like blue wood and glass that like led you into the hotel theater. And I was like, "This is fucking weird." But it was a fun adventure. Yep. So moving on from adventures, um, some people we know um, complain that we don't talk enough about the food we enjoy. <coughs> Cue. Um, so we're gonna talk about some of the food we enjoyed in okay. Seattle. So, hands down, the one place you wanted to go to over and over, probably three more times if I'd let you. Dude, I would have gone every day, all day long. This is like my, like, okay, you're the dumb fuck that, like, got me hooked on this. I mean, And I only get to go, like, basically when I'm in Seattle. Right. So, I'm going to fucking live it up as much as possible while I'm in Seattle. Kazuki Ramen. Um, We got Amazing Ramen. By far... My favorite ramen and I've ever had. And it's still only like 11 bucks. It's so fucking cheap. It's like 11 bucks, and it's amazing. And? The, their broth, I have not tasted better broth anywhere, and I've tried a lot of ramen. The pork belly, too, is just, fuck. Yep. And the, the, oh, the, uh, the, the, the chicken egg is good. And, oh, my God. Yeah. Really good. We, we're we not sure what we had the second time, but it was still good. It wasn't quite as good as a show you we, we usually enjoy, but even that was amazing. Um, Yeah, we had it twice. It was excellent both times. Put me in a food coma once where I could barely make it home, though. Well, yeah, we did take a cab from there. And then uh, our last day, uh, Monday, we were starving. Um, this was like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We had. I we, almost hulked the fuck out waiting for this place. I'm not going to lie. I know I kept my composure. You did. You kept. But cool. I was like, I haven't fucking ate all day. I am hungry. So we were at Serious Pie, and there was a party of like 12 ahead of us. That sucked. Oh, my God. And it took forever for us to get sat. Um, they No fault of theirs. They were no, packed. They, they, were, they were packed. I'm not going to lie. That was probably some of the quickest 
packed service I've ever had in my life. They did great. It's just that we were hungry, and so like we were not in patience for much. Although we were totally civil. We and, were totally civil. But we, inside, we're like, ah. yeah. I was fucking starving. You were starving. We we're like, we should get two pizzas, and we did. We did. And and, we ate them all. Uh, yes, <laughs> thin crust wood fired pizza. Um, one of our pizzas had. Is that air- considered wood fired? Yeah, there was wood underneath it, dude. You see it? I didn't see the wood. No. Yeah, it was one of those Adobe whatever the brick ovens. Oh, okay. They were they were loading wood underneath it. Oh, I didn't see that. No. Pretty sure I saw stacks of wood. So unless that was just decor. I... No, I'm sure you're right, man. So anyway, um, uh, one of our pizzas had uh, heirloom tomatoes and bacon. And it was so good. Bacon was so good. The, the tomato, fucking bacon was the so good. The tomatoes were good too. Oh my god. And the other one had prosciutto and arugula and oh, uh soft boiled egg. Yeah, I really didn't get a whole lot of the egg vibe on mine. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Maybe it was just on my side because I really did. Did it, you? It was yummy. Yeah. Was it? I I had it, like I had one little piece. So basically how they did it is they like they didn't do a traditional like pizza cut. It's kind of an oval almost. Yeah, it's like an oval. They so cut they, down the center. And then they cut it in four pieces. So, so it, almost, it looks sort of like total. a fish skeleton, if you can imagine yeah. that. Like going down the middle. And uh, so we just split each pie in half. Whatever piece yep. of the pie was facing that person is a piece of pie that person got. And uh, it was the, the, the really egg might have been good. On my, it was so good. It, I mean, I had one piece that had some egg in it, and I was like, this is fucking delicious. And I, but the rest of it was still... It, that pizza... That was on your side was so refreshing. Yeah, so refreshing. And they had other ones I would love to try. They had one with uh, it's mus- definitely mushrooms. Like an, they had one with uh, it's definitely we have to go back next year. Yes. So, um, maybe uh, <laughs> we're not quite as hungry. Well, I don't know because I want to eat two pizzas again. I mean, we could probably eat two pizzas when we're not hungry. I'm not gonna lie. It was good. Yeah, yeah. none was going to waste. I don't remember this one. Urbane restaurant. I'm only bringing this up because. Our happy hour restaurant has been replaced. Dragonfish has kind of oh, killed. is that the name of it? Yeah, Dragonfish has kind of neutered their. their oh, happy we've never hour. mentioned on this podcast. So the place we've always gone is called Dragonfish Cafe. No, they can go there now because now it sucks. I know, but we've never mentioned it before, so they don't know what we're talking about. That's fine. I know, but now but they know. We we would instead of lining up like all the fools at Subway and Jimmy John's, we'd go to places at happy hour, and get food for about the same price, higher quality, plus they had alcohol. Yep. So that's. Little pro tip right there. Yep. So we found a new place called Urbane um, that has a really good happy hour. Um, they had cheap mac and cheese, cheap wings. For the I paid like five bucks for eight wings. It was insane. Yeah. And they were good wings. I paid seven dollars for macaroni and cheese with uh, was it pork? I think in it. I had some um, pork belly slider. No, not pork belly. It was sorry. It was a uh, rib sliders. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, rib. Like, oh, wait, I had rib in my macaroni and cheese. Never mind. It was good. It was mm-hmm. cheap. It was very good. And there was booze available. So and just, the, the the bartender there is fucking awesome. Yep. So I just wanted to throw that out there as our new happy hour spot. Yeah. For this year. Yep. So, you ready to move into some tech talk? Um, PAX, was, PAX tech talk? You ready to talk some PAX tech talk? tech talk. All right. I'm everywhere. The key to our pack survival was our power brakes. Oh my god. We would have died without them. I was running off my capture card off of it. I was uh, recharging my phone about two and a half times a day. Jesus balls. We both brought brand new big power bricks. Uh, you mentioned yours on, I think, two episodes ago. Yeah, I think I did. Um, the Anchor... I'm going to go to it right now, actually, really quick. The Anchor PowerCore 20,100... Ultra high capacity power bank. So I got pretty much the equivalent um, from Rav. Except for yours is a little bit bigger. 
a little bigger. Um, similar capacity though, like twenty something. Yeah, it's like twenty two or something like that. It's 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 really comp- comparative. So, mine mine has two USB um, C slots and one USB C. So I had a direct USB C cable to my phone, USB C to USB C, and then for my other stuff I could use normal USB. I I kind of wish that. Uh... So yours had a USB-C out and two USBs? Yeah, usb in the middle and then a USB on each side of it. See, I kind of wish I would have had yours in. So the amazing thing is we didn't charge these all week. I charged mine the very last night. I'm not going to lie. Oh, you did you? But I still had, I had like one bar left, which I could have been fine off of. So I had two bars still and I used it all the time. Maybe I had two bars. It started two out of four, I should explain. So yeah, it's it start, two out of four bars. Maybe I had two... Maybe I had one. I think I had one. It basically dipped like less than a bar a day. Yeah, it really did. So did mine. Mine did really good. Um, I think the problem with mine was is that you weren't using yours on the way up there, were you? No. I mean, I, I wouldn't really charge my phone until it was like half or so. Yeah. See, I charged my phone on the way up to Seattle. Well, I'd be, wasn't it full then? Uh, I think it was dead almost. Okay. Well, maybe you're using yours a little more heavy. Um, but yeah, uh, I would say both performed admirably, um, under very demanding circumstances. Yeah. And if you're going to PAX or any other gaming convention or a comic convention. Do you how much you spend on yours? It was 45 Okay. I uh, had a coupon, $5. It was $50 basically. Okay, so it was a $50 one? The same price as yours. I just wanted to get something different than you to compare to. Yeah. And I, I, I think we could recommend either one of them. Honestly. I think really, yeah, I think you really could. Um, yeah, because mine was 49 so. Mine was usually, but it had a $5 off coupon for some reason. Nice. Yes. So with that, let's finish off our tasty treats, take a break, and get some some new bizarre tasty treats on the way. All right, sounds good. And we are back. Snotty toddy, potty is in the hand. The snot toddy. The snot toddy. This time we are drinking a um, hot version of um, lime, lemon lime emergency mixed with some honey and of course bourbon. Sweet. It's a cheers. Cheers. It's a good cold remedy. You don't like it, I do. Yeah, that's not very good. It's fine. It's not bad. Anything's bad. No, it's not my favorite. It's not terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, you tried it anyway. So, you ready to kick it? Uh, actually, no. Or we could sip it. Let let let's kick it. Let's kick it. Tim, we're kicking off this week. All right. So I actually got to check this out at PAX, um, at the uh, board game area, right in front of the. Indie- you actually looked at it. I actually did. Fuck. I actually watched a play session of it. I got a couple pictures I can share with you um, if you want. So this is called Congress, the board game. Um, do you have a, I have it ready to go. Yeah, let's let them talk about it. I am a professional. This is Bjorn. Bjorn has a dream to become the president of the United States of America. It's not happening, Bjorn. Sorry, Bjorn. To do this, he must pass legislation in Congress to earn nomination points. This is Bjorn's office. Bjorn is a senator for the state of California. 
Californians dream all day about globalization, arts, and conservation. If Bjorn wants to stay in office, he'll have to keep his constituents happy by passing legislation that advances these interests. This is Congress. When Congress passes a bill that Bjorn proposes, he receives nomination points. But Bjorn is a senator, not a dictator. Bjorn can't pass a bill without the support of his fellow senators. In order to propose a bill, Bjorn bids for the privilege of speakership. Bjorn picks a bill he's sure everyone will love. None of the other senators bid, so Bjorn's bill is selected and he becomes the speaker. Congress is now in session. Now the senators have a chance to add amendments to the bill. Wendy Bardstead won't even consider a bill that doesn't fund the new monorail. Tina Polanski loves this bill so much that she wants to share the spoils. Fuck the Polanskis. This bill is looking popular, and Bob Ducey <laughs> is nothing okay, if not a trend follower. Yeah. Clara Gomez understands that no bill is complete without a space probe. Bjorn has decided this bill has more she than enough pork, so he calls the bill to a vote. If the bill fails, nobody gets anything. Fortunately for Bjorn, this bill passes. Bjorn gets nomination points for passing his bill. America's interests are also impacted by each bill that is passed. Bjorn's term is almost up, and it's time for re-election. Let's check on how he's doing with his constituents in California. Good job, Bjorn. You will be collecting donations from your constituents for your work promoting globalization and conservation. As everyone knows, winning an election is always about having enough money. Bjorn will need $6 million to pass this election. Hooray for democracy. Now the clock on the wall says the campaign season is drawing to a close. Let's see if Bjorn has enough points for the nomination. So close. There's only one way to break this tie. These are the bills that Congress has passed. What luck! Bjorn has passed bills which advance the secret agenda of the healthcare conglomerate. <laughs> That's good thinking, Bjorn. This is Bjorn. He's the nominee for the President of the United States of America. Vote Bjorn. So this is a game for political nerds like my wife. Alright, so... Kickstarter is looking for $15,000. They are currently at $3,979 with 44 backers and 28 days to go. Just launched. Um, $5 gets you a donor. Um, $39 is the first real level called Campaign Manager with a copy of the game and all stretch goals. Um, there's multiple media, uh, intermediate levels. The top level is called the Super Pack. Create a senator based on yourself to be included in the first print run. Kickstarter exclusive. We'll follow up with backers after campaign, facilitate creation, see product description, full, full explanation. Tier includes campaign manager, manager and donor rewards, plus all stretch goals. So going back to the campaign manager, so I can tell you what's in it. That's just the game. So you get yourself in the game, basically for 500 bucks. Jesus. So you're going to see a theme in these uh, Kickstarters that I picked for us, since you were too busy to pick them this week. Yep. They are games Sweet. That, that do not involve screams, because I'm tired of looking at screens. Boom goes the dynamite! This one looks fun, actually. Alright, can we play the audio? Yeah. At least all should have audio, I think. Boom goes the dynamite. Four players, one mission. Stop being so serious. Here's the deal. Boom goes the dynamite is my family's new favorite game. Here's how you play it's a hilarious matching game with an explosive twist. The mission is to match as many number cards as you can. But if you turn over two cards that are not the same number, you can still ignite a match by using your ignite cards. Like, you can make 
a 10 card, and a 9 card matched by using a plus 1 card on the 9. There's also wild cards, timer cards, and if you flip over the dynamite card, then you yell, Boom goes the dynamite! And you get all the cards <laughs> that were in the blast radius. It's fun because you have to think fast, race against the timer, and outsmart your friends and family, which is pretty easy in my house. You can play with small groups or big ones by adding two decks of cards together, which we do a lot now that every night is game night. So if you like playing addicting games, do yourself a favor and order your copy of Boom Goes the Dynamite today. That's awesome. Hi, I'm Jake Hiller, the creator of Boom Goes the Dynamite. I love playing games and I love creating them. The first game I created is called Three Up, Three Down, and I sold over 31,000 decks of it on Amazon in the last 20 months. It's a fun, simple, fast-paced game. In my opinion though, Boom Goes the Dynamite is even better, and I think you're going to love it. I wanna get Boom Goes the Dynamite out there so you can play it, but most of my money is tied up in inventory for three up, three down. So I'm reaching out to you, my fellow Kickstarters, for some help. Together, we can get this game going. So check out the back rewards below, and let's blow this campaign up. Uh, see what you did there. I'm actually looking at this one because um, it's, it's the style of game that uh, my family seems to enjoy while we're yeah, waiting yeah. for our food in the restaurant. Which is kind of how we've been playing games recently. Sweet. Um, so it's a dynamic, family-friendly matching game with mm-hmm. an explosive twist. Twenty-one days ago, thirteen thousand four hundred and twenty-two dollars out of five thousand six hundred sixty-three backers. Um, out of Centerville, Utah. Okay. I feel like we have an echo. We do. Do we have an echo? Why do we have an echo? We have an echo. Epic. Epic, 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 epic. Hey, Tim, do you mind taking over the rest of this Kickstarter for me really quick? Um, I mean, sure. All right. For $2, you get a postcard. So don't back it at that. Back it at $15 and at least get one copy of the game. Um, you can add another $15 after that and get two copies of the deck. So, Because you can mix the deck decks. Yeah. $30 gets you um, a deck plus a t-shirt. I don't know why you do that. Um, three decks of Boom Goes to Dynamite for $35. That might be, I don't know, like if you're at all interested, that'd be the way to go. I'd get yep. two decks, you get one. Uh, moving up to the top tier, $750. Lunch with the Boom team. They'll arrange for air travel um, to come have lunch in Utah. So that's actually not terrible. Um, they'll actually pay for airfare so you can have lunch with them. Um, plus you get a, a, a t-shirt uh, poster signed and a game. Um, so yeah. 750 bucks if you want. So why why did I end up talking about your Kickstarter? Oh, yeah. The Echo. The Echo. So let's move on to my second Kickstarter, I guess. Yeah. So this is actually, um, I don't know if it's an expansion or just like a kind of a sequel to a game that's out there called Machina Arcana. And let's listen to their well-produced video. Machina Arcana is a cooperative horror board game in a steampunk setting for one to four players who take the role of explorers. They represent a group of individuals sane enough to resist the tide of darkness and mad enough to choose to confront it. They partake in a perilous expedition within an ancient subterranean complex. Monsters, inspired by the Cthulhu mythos, await the expedition, bent on nothing but eviscerating and devouring them mercilessly. Blood is shed within map tiles that grow as the area is explored. 
They contain many features and traps that provide a desperate edge while they evade and fight. There are different types of items that can be found. Steampunk concepts are translated through augmentation and gear upgrades that give them at least a fighting chance. On their ominous journey, they resolve exploring events, put into place ongoing effects, and solve side quests in order to stay alive. The horrors don't idly wait, but obstruct the explorers with a multitude of devious schemes to hinder their way. The story is split into scenarios, self-contained games with chapters that must be progressed through in order to reach endgame. A conclusive battle that defines whether doom will prevail. The pieces are set, and the board awaits its contestants. Will you survive the story and hold on to sanity while the vicious hand of your innermost darkness rushes toward you? You are welcome to try. So this intrigues me. Of course, they said my favorite word, Cthulhu. But what I like about it is this is something that maybe I could bring to like a magic night. We could go through an already pre-made campaign. And like if we totally fuck up a chapter, we could try it again next week. And it's all building towards a larger story. And it's broken up into chapters for play sessions. That's awesome. Um, so I, I just like the way it's set up. Like with encounters, um, it's cooperative though. So you're not like, you know, you get items and there's challenges that come up. And... But it's not as hard as playing D&D where you actually have to set up a whole campaign. No, and... no. A lot of the work is done for you. And I like that. So so do I. So take me to the backing levels. Sure. Well, first of all, they're asking for um, $30,000. They have 22 days to go. 1,012 backers. With $66,700, so they have double-backed. Um, $50 gets you the core game with all stretch uh, goals. $75 gets you a premium game with the Eldritch box and all the expansions and the unlock stretch goals. And those are the only two levels. So basically, if you want the core game or whatever expansions they come up with, um, either way you get... For how much? 75 For the premium, 50 for the, the core. So yeah. I might spend the 75 on this. Uh, it looks it looks interesting. Um, if you are serious about it, I would look up the previous game that they did and see what the reaction was to it. Okay. Because there's, uh, there's like how many a, days ago? Uh, twenty two. Sweet, I got a little bit. So that is Machina Arcana. <clears throat> Drinks and daggers. This looks fun. A cooperative drinking card game. Yes. Here we go. Hi, I'm Carly. Hi, Carly. And I'm Michael. Hi, Michael. And together we're Karmic Industries. Because you put car and Mike, and then it's Karmic. It's a good joke. It's, no, it's not. Drinks to Daggers is a cooperative drinking card game set audio in the needs world to be plug of the and podcast play Drunks and Dragons. You'll be facing off of some of Drunk Rose's biggest villains. Yeah, so essentially all these characters have their own decks. It's based on a podcast? Powers yeah. And they can do different oh. things. They all play a little bit differently. The game is two to four players right now. It takes maybe 20 to 30 minutes to play. It's pretty easy to pick up and learn, especially since, you know, it's theoretically going to involve some drinking. And uh, it has tons of replayability because the different characters 
work together differently and they all combo off each other and I don't know we just wanted to make a really fun game and I think we've done a good job. Yeah our main focus when we were doing this was to make it simple. It's to not overcomplicate it with a bunch of rules especially when you're just trying to have fun but make it complex enough that it's interesting to play and fun even if you're not drinking. Right yeah this can be totally fun if you're sober if you if you want to like have your friends play with you have never listened to the podcast before we've actually been working on it for gosh almost like two years from the very beginning when we were going to do this we were going to do the art ourselves like absolute fools we both went to art school we can both draw yeah we, very quickly it became apparent that this was not going to be the case so we went to go find an artist and right from the start we had both agreed on the same person yeah I first found out about Bridget she did some fan art for Drunks and Dragons she actually sent us cards she's actually like professionally done several Marvel movie sketch cards for upper deck like stuff from Iron Man 3 and Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that like she's amazing and when she sent me the the fan art for Drunks and Dragons I was like this stuff is bonkers and when we thought of this project it was like oh who would be more perfect to do this and she was super happy to, to work on it and she's been super passionate about the project and I feel like it really comes through in the artwork because you can actually read that just below so we're looking for help funding our project because we want to use a top-notch manufacturer that has a lot of experience publishing games. We found a, a great manufacturer. They've done a ton of really cool games. We have a lot of stretch goals in mind, including new playable characters, bosses, and lots of different things that we think will make the game a lot better. And if we get to the last stretch goal, which is 100,000, we'll even put Bananas Foster in the game. You're welcome. Why are you doing this to us? We hope you consider supporting us and thank you so much for watching our video. Thank you. I love you. So it's Man. the camera on the live shot. You're the best. No, it's... They, Thank I you. I want to tell it. The audio during that part was all right. It wasn't bad. <clears throat> Check them out. At Drinks and Daggers. <laughs> Speaking of audio, get closer to that mic. Why don't you... Drinks and Daggers. Do you see how he spiked right there? Drinks ow, and Daggers. Ow, my ears. If you're going to critique another That's podcast, you said. better do it right. You just fucked it up. That's what she said. Okay. What are, the, what are they asking for? They are asking for $25,000 U.S. dollars. Mm -hmm. They're currently at $44,002. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. 423 backers 29 days ago. They have a lot of levels. They do. $5 gets you a drop in the fish bucket. Thank you for supporting. Um, 39 gets you greetings adventures. This is a level where you grab a copy of the game when it comes to print. Especially good for those... Of you less familiar with the podcast IP who just want a really great card game. Um, get you all the stretch goals as well and your name read in the thank you video. Granddaddy of them all coming in though is two out of three left. Two thousand US dollars. Kingdoms were funded on this level. Mega fans, this is for you. You get a set of custom drink steins, a night of DD gaming online with a few friends of the drink drunks and dragons. Folks, TBD, and get some of the original game art by Bridget Connell. There are three sets of the original artwork available, each set containing hand-drawn pieces from the decks, including Alodra, Jal, Harper, Toby, and Thom Raz. We'll also sit down with you for a DM consultation to talk to you about your own game world building, or even discuss how to get your podcast off the ground. We'll also help you get. Uh, oh, that'd be cool. 
Also, you get to play Drinks and Daggers with Michael and Carly. Uh, applicable events are Geek GeeklyCon, PAX East, Gen Con, PAX Unplugged, free shipping for domestic orders, and like I said, two or three of those available. Cool. So you want to move over to games we checked out during packs? Yes. So how do you want to do this? I don't want to go down. I'm going to be talking for all 11 of my games. Should we do like three and then trade off? Yeah, sure. Okay. So in no particular order, these are the games that stood out for me um, during my packs experience. Gato Roboto. I think I misspelled it here. Um, this is a Metroid crossed with a little bit of Blaster Master um, with Game Boy graphics and... You're a cat in a robot suit. That's really all you need to know. And based on that description, you're going to know if that's for you or not. Um, I will say the controls were super tight. Um, it handled really well. Um, and that's brought to us by Devolver Digital. Devolver Digital. The next game also was published by Devolver Digital. I can't remember the public or the developer off the top of my head. This game looked amazing. Like I uh, was in a busy, noisy environment. That all dropped away. Like, all I could really... I was in this game. This this game is beautiful. Um, it's a podcast, so you can't see it. I wish you could see it. Uh, Google Grease, uh, G-R-I-S, and maybe game, just so you get the right thing. Every screen looks like a water watercolor painting. Um, the music was really haunting and evocative. Um, this character, um, this woman, um, was very flowy and agile. Um... I mean, it's a platformer, but I'm trying to think of a game to even compare it to. There's parts of it that reminded me of Journey, um, just like the traversal aspect of it. But it's very dreamy, very melancholy, um, beautiful watercolor. Like you could take a screenshot of like many scenes and like frame it and put it on your wall. and It would be totally not out of place. Just a beautiful game. Um, Last one I'm going to mention before I turn it over to you is one that you're interested in. Um, the World Next Door, um, which you introduced me to, so thank you. Yeah. Um, so, like, once a year or something, I guess, like, there's a portal that opens up of people from one world and go to another. Yeah. And, like, so people from our world that is all science-based go to this magic world, and you as the player character are introduced to the concept of magic in this other world, and in this world, you're basically in, like, little combat arenas, which look like a grid of, like, say, Tetris or Dr. Mario or whatever, and when you line up um, three of the same... Or more... Or more of the same color or sigil or whatever, uh, a spell will happen. And but there's a, an enemy character also floating around the same arena trying to do that as well. So you can dash. Um, so combat gets pretty frenetic. It's not like you have time to just you know line up these three gems and you've got to be moving. Yeah, you have to be running the whole time. And some of the the arenas will have obstacles. Like I don't know, like it'll be. Uh, a river running through it, only one bridge or um, a couple blocks in the middle. Um, there's different spell effects like fire, there's heal. Um, yeah, and the character design's really cool, and there's uh, pretty good dialogue between. It looked really intriguing. Uh, I want to see more of it. Sweet. So, what are your first three? Uh, Metro Exodus. Okay. So, this is the next installment of the Metro uh, franchise. It's a continuation of the story. Um, and. I will say they've added in a new weapon system. Um, they also have zip lines now to get around a little bit quicker. Um, and just the beauty of the game graphically um, and the combat system in it, which is, you know, it's a standard to the rest of the Metro series. But is it, it just, still set underground a lot? 
No, this is that you're out. You're like out in the wastelands now. Okay. Discovering there are people out there. So you've moved on. You've uh, you've left the where they said that nobody could live beyond. Does that make sense with the title? Metro Exodus. Yeah, and so now you're pushing your way out and learning that there are people out here. There are people surviving. The radiation isn't as bad as they said it was. Um, and they introduced a new crossbow with bolt uh, arrows, and so it's like an awesome way to do stealth kills. Um, it's a lot of fun. So I did that. Um, I also did Dying Light Bad Blood which is the next continuation of Dying Light. It is a MMO online. It is a PvP and PvE. So basically there is a handful of you dropped into a map. You have uh, you have things you need to complete. So whether it be collecting DNA or collecting metal or something like that, um, you all have to complete it 100% without dying from the zombies or the attackers. Um, other than that, you also have to watch out for your fellow human because there can only be one person to escape and the escape pod will not open until there's only one human surviving and he or she has completed everything the needed to escape. Um, other than that, I also played Pathfinder. Pathfinder was a board tabletop game. Uh, it wasn't a board game. It was a tabletop game, um, before, but now it's coming to the form of a video game. So you are playing through a 3D world, uh, top-down, uh, controlling five different um, characters at the same time. Has a really cool like effect, almost Dragon Age-ish, where you can uh, just let them auto-attack and do whatever attacks they want. Or you can pause it, hit the spacebar, assign attacks, assign which person they're going to attack, and then unpause, let them do the attack, repause. Um, and it has a really nice dice effect on the right-hand side. So every time you do something, it does a uh, like a D&D check on it almost. And says this needs to have a 16 to be successful. And then it'll do a really quick dice roll on the right-hand side. And it'll tell you you rolled a 15. It was a fail. So like it didn't do shit. Or it'll say 23 massive critical hit. The fucking person will die instantly. Um, and that was a lot of fun. The guys are over there really great. And I had a great time checking that game out. Nice. So my next one is called Blood Roots. Um, I need some blood in the gut. I need some blood so in the gut. I guess it sort of reminded me in play style of um, Hotline Miami, where like you got one hit, one kill. Um, but the art style is way more car- cartoony. Um, so what's cool about this is everything in the environment is a weapon. And they all have like limited uses. Some things will have like three strikes. So you could pick up, or say, a rapier. And you can hit three times with it. Or a wagon wheel or a bay of hail. Um, but yeah, just the, the the combat is very satisfying. There's a very tangible hit feeling when you hit somebody. And blood sprays everywhere. And um, it's just really fun to, to go through, pick up something. That's slant. the one you want me to play, right? Yes. Because like, you had to feel it. Like Just watching it doesn't really give you the effect. Like You can like run. I was... I jumped on a hay bale and I was like rolling around on it, like crushing people under my feet, and I don't know, just a lot of fun to just go through and just kill a bunch of people. Huh. Um, I want to play that again. Soundfall was a game I had an interview for, and it's like a again a brawler, but this one is based on music. So they have individual tracks, and that kind of randomly generates the level. 
and populates it with a certain amount of monsters, a certain type of monsters. Um, it's basically the levels made to beat it within the time frame of the song. More importantly, your attacks will only be effective if you strike on the beat, same as your dashes. So you kind of get like a f- totally wussy hit if you don't hit on the beat. Really? Yes, yeah, so you're like, you're like, you know, if you get into it, you're feeling the flow and it feels really awesome. And if you're not rhythmic like me, <laughs> you struggle. Um, but it's really cool, very bright colored. Um, I will say, since it's they can do two players, um, when I was playing with someone else, we were the uh, animations for like the hits and everything and us dashing around, the screen got a little confusing. Like I got lost track of where I was a couple times. That'd be my um, negative um, feedback about it. The other one, Travis Strikes Again, the demo is actually pretty short. This is a continuation of the No More Heroes um, series, which you either have heard of or you haven't. You're like this crazy assassin with the lightsaber um, kind of anime. Um, so this one, Travis gets thrown back into... Um, like sucked into video game world. And so you get all these different game styles that you get to go through. Ours is pretty much a straightforward brawler that we were playing. Well, I didn't realize these three are all brawlers. Um, but what made it cool was there was a second player and you could kind of chain attacks. Um, like one, you'd line up a, a line between you two and then release it at the same time for a devastating attack in between you. Um, we actually broke the game doing that. We sent one of the enemies out of the area of play and you can't get into the next area until you beat all the enemies. So he was in the other side of the barrier. And we're like, well, so when I interviewed uh, Suda51, he apologized. I'm like, no, dude, I broke your game. That's an achievement. Um, that's the only reason, actually, I'm, I'm mentioning this game. Because I broke it. <laughs> it's from a famous developer. Did you have fun with it, though? I did have fun with it. I want to see more. There was only one. I want to know what the other styles of game are. Like the classic games that they bring him into. So I want to know more. Um yeah, so what are your next three? So my next three are Disco Elysium, mm-hmm. which we checked out um, at another after party. Um, and you're basically a drunken... Super burnt out. Super burnt out police officer, maybe? I think so. Or retired, maybe. Or detective? Yeah. It was fun. Really cool art style. Um, not 100% my game, but it seemed fun. I'd sit down and play it. The dialogue was The dialogue was, was amazing. Hilarious. Dialogue was 100% me. Like your character like hates himself and is like totally burnt out. And, yeah. Like, it says he's... At one point you were licking alcohol off the counter. <laughs> yep. That was awesome. Yep. I, it's honestly more my style of game, but you would probably watch a quick look I put up. Oh, I sure I would. Yes. Um, we're getting messages from your wife. Are we okay? We'll figure it out. Okay. What's your next game? Uh, Leisure Suit Larry. Wet Dreams Never Die. Speaking out of burnt out losers. Yeah, well, Leisure Suit's not... He's not... Larry Lawfer is not burnt out. He is fucking ready to go. And, uh... This game is full of cum and rum. And, uh... It, it's fucking hilarious. This is, uh... I laughed my ga- my ass off. Um... Basically, this whole entire t- demo. And, uh... There is a new phone company out there. I don't know if you've heard of it. Called Prune. And prune looks like a uh, like a clitoris, <laughs> and all the door handles look like sperms. Oh yeah, I saw that. That's terrible. And yeah, so I was laughing my ass off. There's a three titted giant inside the sex store with a unicorn. So I don't know if I'll play this game. I sure as hell will watch a quick look of this. Oh, I will play, play the shit out of this game. You need to stream this. Yep. 
Um, and the next game I played would be Torchlight Frontiers, brought to us by the developers of Torchlight and Diablo 3. Um, it feels a lot like Torchlight, except for the fact that it's going to be online. Everybody's allowed to go into the city. There's instances that you walk into off the city that are going to be like limited to like 8 to 10 players, roughly. And then from there, there's dungeons. Um, so it's still very early in development. It feels really, really good. Looks beautiful, just like the rest of the Torchlight series. Um, and I'm excited to get my hands back in that. And possibly, fingers crossed, might be coming to Switch. That <laughs> would be epic. Yep. Um, What's your next three? I'm looking at it right now. So, The Blackout Club is um, a first-person survival horror game. It starts out single-player, but once you get to like the clubhouse, you can connect with other players. Um, it's peer-to-peer, apparently, so I'm not sure how that works if you don't have a friend that owns the game. But this game is creepy. Um, it doesn't rely on jump scares, more on you see the thing coming towards you, and that's what makes it scary. Um, there, You quickly learn in the demo that your life is not real, like your parents... You get messages from them where their background is completely changed. Like, it's like obvious that your parents are like some kind of AI construct that are totally fake. Um, you're in this house that has like this really weird internet setup where you only have access to certain things. It's like you're part of some government experiment or something. Think along the lines, maybe sort of Stranger Things scenario. And um, then these things start coming after you, like these dark shapes, like vaguely humanoid. And they're terrifying. So you're like hiding from them. They can hear you. Um, you want to you know, turn your flashlight off. So there's some stealth element involved for sure. You can sort of see through them a vague outline if you turn on this like weird vision thing. Um, and that's scary. The The rumble was super effective for kind of telling you how close they were. Okay. Um, and these things, all these elements all together just gave you the, the sense of dread of these things coming and catching you. So that was very effective that way. So... I don't know if I'm up for a multiplayer game, but I really did like what I saw. The next one's The Good Life from Swery. Um, this was a kickstarted game. It's uh, being further um, produced and helped along by a company called Unties. And this is a detective game set in like a rural English-style uh, small town. I think, you know, like uh, English pub, fish and chips, that kind of thing. And the demo I played had me um, as a photographer going around and doing like side missions for people in the village. So I did three side missions. Sounds interesting. <laughs> it's not your game. Um, it it honestly reminded me of the Wind Waker photography missions. Um, so that's either something you would like or not. I don't know how much of the part of the game that particular playstyle would be. It did at least give me an idea of the village and the art style, which is sort of a. Hard to describe, but kind of a paper-like polygon look. And um, there's some really wicked, funny humor in it. Like, there's this vicar getting drunk that's really funny. I think I showed you some screenshots. Yeah, I think so. And then toward the end of the demo, you find a body, which is pretty epic. Um, that's the whole crux of the mystery of the game. What wasn't shown in the demo, but we know from the Kickstarter, is that at night, all the villagers turn into dogs and cats. Which could bring an interesting element to the game. Um, the other game is also from Swery. That I'm going to mention this segment, and that's called The Missing. Um, so this is a side-scroller where you are someone who is immortal. You're looking for a friend. I believe her name was Emily. I could be wrong about that. Um, so, and things are chasing you sometimes. There's a lot of obstacles. So it's a puzzle platformer, not unsimilar to... Um, oh, crap, I'm drawing a blank. So never mind. Anyway, what makes this unique is you're immortal, 
So you could like literally run into a spike pit and lose one of your arms and take that arm and use it as to, a weapon as a weapon or to knock off a, a box that's up high so you can jump on top of it or to balance a weight so you can cross a bridge and you can like chop yourself up like four or five times. Damn. And the animations are brutal. Like this poor girl is like hopping on one leg with no arms and she just looks pathetic and you feel like a monster for doing that to her. And like you can press Y to regenerate at any time. But if you do that, your your phantom limbs will disappear and you can't solve the puzzle. So like she's just on the screen just like it's I don't know, it's hard to describe. You feel like a monster while you're playing. Nice. So it's pretty cool. So I don't know if the missing is it's it's a clever title because you know you're missing limbs plus there's this person who's missing. I'm sure there's at least one more meaning in the game. Um, the game also had a really cool effect that we've seen before, but um, it's it's a 2D side scroller, but the the backgrounds are very 3D. So things are kind of like as you move, like things are moving really cool in the background. It looks really neat. And that's my uh, my next three. So what's your next three? Um, Remnants from the Ashes, which is brought to us by the developers of Diablo Three. Um, more of a futuristic, more a modern graphic artist style, uh, realistic art, I guess you would say first person. Well, not first person. It'd be third person, but like with, uh, like down the side shooting and stuff like that set in a post apocalyptic world with crazy gigantic, like monsters, um, they come up. So, I had a really good time with this game. It was, uh, I chose like a mercenary class, basically a shotgun and a pistol, and uh, went through a subway tunnel out into a city that was just ravaged, and then this like flying fucking creature showed up, and I duked it out with the creature. Um, probably one of the funnest moments I had at PAX. Is that the one where you, you uh, were the one of the Glitched only Glitched out. And the only person to beat the yeah nice developer was impressed that you actually beat the the boss that no yep. one else could beat. Cool. Yep. So it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that game. Um, the next game is called Dauntless. So Dauntless is a free to play action online action RPG with five players um, that are online, and you basically go around and you look for uh, creatures to kill. Okay. Um, and when you find a legendary creature, you can shoot a uh, flare up into the sky for the rest of your team, the other four members, to hurry to your aid. And you fight this creature to its death. And uh, it was a lot of fun as well. Cool. Um, we, we, both, we both played the next one. Yep. Descenders. We actually just got done playing it. Descenders is a downhill freestyle uh mountain bike game so basically there is a set course you're supposed to go down and it's your i mean you got to make it down there somehow by yourself uh pretty realistic physics and graphics um it reminded me of what is the name of that ski game skate oh snow snow um i mean totally different like method of movement but just the style of the game really similar to me it was very fun I really enjoyed that game. Um, yeah, I had fun playing it too, even though I completely suck at it. Um, right, my next. We two... should have a video of that here pretty soon too. Yeah, we should post that. Uh, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw is GTI five. GTI five. GTI five. 
GTA Five. GTA. That's why I kept saying I. It's Grand Theft Auto in space. So you customize your spaceship. Um, there's a ridiculous level of customization, by the way. I'll get to that in a second. Um, you can be like a pirate, or you can um, help the cops out, or you can be a mercenary, or a privateer, or um, a smuggler. You can play the game many different ways. There is a main plot, but there's tons of side missions. Um, there's all sorts of galaxy outposts and bars. At the bars, kind of Yakuza style, you can do like pub games, like pool, darts, um, there's even pool tournaments apparently, so like you could just be like, you know, doing whatever base level missions to support your fuel habit to get to the next pool tournament, if you show choose. Um, getting back to the customization of spaceships, you can actually there's a really full featured software suite of customization like Photoshop level where you can rotate your model and then put in stencils, um, import any image you want. Um, I did ask, yes, you could put a giant dick on your spaceship. Um, they will not moderate that apparently. Um, what makes that even funnier is you can t then take the model of your spaceship and they're going to partner with someone outside and you can 3d print your spaceship. That's uh, awesome. There's a small like matchbox car style size, uh, $50 going all the way up to something roughly the size of, oh shoot. I don't know. Um, like a cell phone, a little bigger than a cell phone for $300. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, there's a lot of dog fighting and you can customize your spaceship not only graphically but with different loadouts as far as how much power you're, you're packing um, and the power of course you can divert on the fly while you're playing to shields or weapons or maneuverability um, all sorts of stuff like that but despite all that they're trying to keep the game fairly arcadey so they're not going to make it super technical like some of the other space games that are out there now um, it looks really cool um, I, I'm going to be looking for that when it comes out the other game I played um, last on my list um, is Necrobarista. I played that last year at Paxis. It's further along this year, and we're talking to the vet, the devs. They really want to elevate the um, visual novel uh, style. So instead of just having like flat dynamic or flat you know characters on a screen talking at you, they really want to create a three D environment that you interact with um, to progress the story. So you're still going to be like you know mainly doing text, but during the conversations there'll be highlighted words, and you can select them. And to kind of customize your experience, and based on what it, what words, like keywords, you select, that will actually kind of change the course of the flavor of the um, the scenario you go through. It'll kind of like change the emphasis of the game. You'll have the still kind of the main plot still, um, but like I said, choosing those keywords will influence the the way it goes. So besides the environment being more three D and interactive, almost to like a point and click level, the other thing that's cool about it is the setting. Um, it's a coffee shop set in the terminal which is where um recently deceased souls go when they die like they, they're so dead they're like so newly dead they don't even realize they're dead and you're like this barista wow. this barista that's like serving them coffee so i'm imagining some pretty cool stories come up from that interaction and um it's called necro barista because she's into necromancy so huh. there's all sorts of cool potential story elements um cool setting um cool new play style um, I'm very excited. It's a very ambitious project. Like it's a very small team, ten person team, um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with it. And it's coming out on PC and Switch. Sweet. Uh, my last two is we went to a razor appointment. Yep. And I'm not talking about like shaving your legs or anything. I mean, but I, mean, I uh, guess you could. I mean, the CNCing on some of these keyboards are sharp. <laughs> so uh, we're talking about the razor peripheral company. Um, they launched three new products while we were at PAX this week, and so we got to go get hands-on with them. One was the Mamba Wireless, 
which is a wireless mouse with a 5G optical sensor. Um, it has 99.4% accuracy, um, which means that you'll have two more hits per 200 clicks. And we also got to check out the Black Widow Elite, which is the first, uh, which is a keyboard that has a magnetic uh, wrist rest that looks like a leatherette almost. Mm-hmm. Um, very high functioning keyboard. Does not have the uh, standard macro keys on the left side, but you can basically make the FN plus any key on the keyboard a macro through the uh, Razer software. On top of that, the dial, the volume dial on the top right can be uh, used as a click for whatever you'd like. comes in three different switches. And the Kraken TE headset. Which I wish I was wearing right now because my ears are sweating. Me too because it has a cooling gel inside of the ear cushion memory foam that actually cools your head. And it has THQ, I want to say. is THX. THX. Uh, THX spatial audio in a dongle making it to where not only do you have 7.1 surround sound but you have overhead down below and uh all areas it's like a 360 degree uh audio coverage so i really want that gel headset right now me too really bad your last one uh my last one would be it's carnival game spoiler oh yeah thanks carnival. So, i was trying to get back to it um so you actually didn't talk to me about this so i'm curious to hear about it so, Carnival Games is just like the other Carnival Games has been expanded upon. It's the best and the the best of the best in a few new games. Um, so, there's like the... Um, it's coming out on Switch then, obviously, right? Yeah, it's coming out to Switch, I believe, only. Um, there's like the balloon shooting game. There's like a sit in a roller coaster and shoot stuff game. How are you controlling the games? Um, it depended on the game. Some of them have motion control. Some of them just have joystick. Okay. So were you, I was doing the, the Wii remote sideways. Okay. Were you ever just holding the little remotes and like swinging them like paddles or whatever? No, because they didn't want to do that at PAX, but they said that there are some games that do require that. Okay, cool. So yeah, that's all I really played. <laughs> there's actually more that we played. But oh shit. Yes, we did. You want to talk games? about those? Yeah. Um, so the first game we played together was something that we saw. We were walking by. It looked fun. It's called Tied Together. You have these two little monsters, and you're literally tied together. You have like a link of string or something or chain between you. Um, so you've got to like coordinate your movements to get through these levels. And there's all sorts of spikes and other hazards. So you've got to like swing each other, you know, to get to the little doodads. You need to get to flip the switch to get to the next part. The levels were fairly short, um, but we found one where we just kept dying over and over. And the deaths are pretty hilarious. Um, so we had a good time with that. Um, that was a Switch game. I don't know. I guess it could be on other platforms. We played it on Switch. Yeah. Um, why don't you talk? Why don't you start the next one? The Lonely Mountains Downhill. Yes. Is a lot like Dissenter, except for except completely different. Except for completely different. You're, for, for one thing, the perspective is different. And our style. Yes, it's like a cartoony style. Yeah, and so you're a girl on a bicycle. I say girl because I believe it was a pink helmet with a pink bicycle. Um, on a bicycle. I mean, it could be color is non-binary, dude. I can wear a pink shirt. Okay, just don't wear pink undies, and you'll be fine. You don't know what I'm wearing. If you wear pink undies, that means you're part of uh, Mariposa County. Oh fuck that guy. Anyway, um, so yeah, the controls are totally different too. Yeah, so I hated the controls on this one. You seem not to mind them so bad much. Um, it was like you had to like. 
If you want to go left, you had to like move it the felt, Joy-Con. It felt natural to me. You were struggling. Yeah, you had to move the Joy-Con or the the stick to the left, and then like grind it across the bottom down to turn left. It, I hated it. Um, the game was a lot of fun. The deaths were amazing. Um, it was comical in every aspect, um, but there was definitely a lot of glitches I saw. So. Yeah, you could get caught in the geometry of the world um, pretty easy. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they fix some of that. The next game was much more put together, and um, I just realized these are all like Switch games, aren't they? They are. Um, so this is very much a Nintendo... Wait, Downhill wasn't? That was PC, wasn't it? No. I don't think... I think it was PC. I think it was on oh, the Xbox right, controller. Right. They, they are making a Switch version of it, though. Are they? Yeah, they are. Um, Pilot... Sorry, I almost said Pilot Wings. It's Pilot Sports, but it's Pilot Wings. It's just not made by Nintendo. Like, it but it's has, being only released on the Nintendo. And it's totally all the modes you played in Pilot Wings. It's got the jetpack. It's got the glider. It's got the little old World War II style airplane. Um, had the prop. The prop plane. It's got the um, uh, parachutes. Yep. And it's set on an island. Like It's totally Pilot Wings. Uh, but it was done really well. Um, you wanted more features and modes. I, I did. It, I thought it was just fine the way it was. Like that's what I would want it to be. Um, so yeah, we played. that. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. And I do like how the, the, the split screen the split screen was done very well. Like I didn't feel like I was missing out on seeing a lot the way they did it. Like I I could see what I was doing. Um, and yeah, the graphics were good for what they were. Not photorealistic, but not super cartoony. Um, controls felt pretty tight. Yeah, the controls were fine, except for on the parachute one. I could not wrap my head around that one whatsoever. Well, we were getting thrown into it really fast. Like, I think like that might be initially a problem, but I think that was just learning the controls. I don't think that was a fault of the actual control scheme. It was just, we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, you did fine on it. I just sucked. Yeah, just uh, some controls, like, our brains work better with. So. Yep. We saw a lot more games. That's all we're going to break to you because we've been talking about these for a long time now. And we're going to skip the game releases this week because for once we actually talked about games we've been playing. Holy yeah, crap. no shit. That's the first time. And I hope that gave you a taste of our PAX experience. Maybe that would be something you want to check out in the future. Um, like we said, if you're listening to us other parts of the world, there is a chance you can still get to a PAX. There's Australia. There's East. Um, it's a good time. Just uh, take care of yourself. Vitamins, lots of water. Try to get some sleep. Because that's what we're going to do next. Yep. Get some sleep. Exactly. So until next week, guys, don't forget to check us out at facebook.com forward slash plug and play show, Twitter and Instagram at plug and play cast, youtube.com forward slash plug and play gamer. Sure. We'll go with that. All right. And until next week, don't forget to prime and shine.